The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m., on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13, Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the Temple of Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we celebrate Thanksgiving. What a wonderful opportunity to praise and thank the Lord for listening to and answering our prayers. Above all, we can surely thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for saving our souls. We lift the name of Jesus in praise and thanksgiving for the peace, joy, and happiness that only He can give. Our church choir will begin our musical program with an uplifting song entitled, Give Thanks Unto the Lord. They are led by choir director Emilia Hahn, 
and accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bohakukar on the organ. Featured soloists are Ryan Okahashi, Soul Sebastian Timothy Hansen, and Seneca Rose Han. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Ye shall eat and plenty and be satisfied. Ye shall eat and plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Ye shall eat and plenty and be satisfied. Ye shall eat and plenty and be satisfied. Ye shall eat and plenty and be satisfied. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. 
The church band will now play for us a rendition of the song entitled, Have You Ever Said Thank You? Led by yours truly. We can never thank the Lord enough for all that He has done and is doing for us and should always take the time to say thank you.
Our vocalist today is Rose Pahaku Carter, who will sing a beautiful number entitled, Thank You, Lord. Praise Jesus for giving us His Holy Spirit as a comforter until He comes for us in clouds of glory. Pohaku is accompanied by Iris Lock on the piano, associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and trusty associate pastor Edwin Sproke Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars.
For the final anthem today, the church choir will sing, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For those who have accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, what a wonderful blessing to have him in our lives and hearts. With Jesus, every day should be a day of thanksgiving because he gave us the promise of eternal life. If we hear his call and obey his commandments, please join in and sing along with our choir following the words on your screen.
Up next, we have a flute ensemble by the flute section of the church band. They'll play for us. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have a vocal group selection by the Jubilees who will sing Praise the Lord with Thanksgiving. They are accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. This number is dedicated to Mr. Joseph Carter III, who is an active member of the church choir and orchestra. His quiet and peaceful demeanor reflects his trust, faith, and joy in serving the Lord with gladness. Joe, may the Lord continue to lead and guide you in all that you do and bless you with much happiness. Have a wonderful and blessed day.
Good morning and praise the Lord everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda and I would like to repeat our television time, station and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if when you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in our Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. 
from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches the services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balongo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. A practicing Christian pays careful attention to those gospel details which are necessary in his daily life or he expects to be a part of the rapture when Jesus returns in clouds of glory for his very own. I am certain, television viewers, that if you are like me, you do not want to be left behind. You do not want to be counted among the multitudes who fail to acquire their salvation through the simple act of water baptism in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it would be a great gain spiritually if you took this time to partake in the reading God's Word during the presentation of my sermon, which I have entitled, Thanksgiving Proclamation. Thanksgiving has always been a day of a special significance in America. When our founding fathers observed the first Thanksgiving, they did so in the Spirit of the Lord, as you read in the fourth verse of the 100th Psalm. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. These men were devout and feared God. Prompted by the teachings of the Bible, they paused to give thanks to the Almighty God. A Thanksgiving service observed in Virginia on December 4, 1619. The pilgrims celebrated their first Thanksgiving day in October 1621. The first Thanksgiving proclamation was issued in 1789 by the Continental Congress and signed by President George Washington. We as American citizens should be thankful that our nation was founded upon godly principles by God-fearing men. Let us read in Psalm 33:12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he had chosen for his own inheritance. Yes, there is a blessing for those who will follow him. Our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, wrote in his Thanksgiving proclamation of 1863 many principles which apply even now. And there is one which is still very timely for he mentions bringing this vast present-day nation of many nationalities to one place, which is back to God. 
October 3, 1863, by the President of the United States, a proclamation, the year that is drawing toward its close, has been filed, filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added which are so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggressions, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed and harmony has prevailed everywhere. Except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and the navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The ax has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines, as well as iron and coal, as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor. It's permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in, our, in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that it should be solemnly and reverently and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the scriptures justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence of our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows and orphans and mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as it may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have here to unto set my hand and cause the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th. Abraham Lincoln, certainly the Spirit of the Lord rested upon the 16th president that such words should proceed out of his mouth to encourage and motivate this nation back to God. If the signs of iniquity were evident then, then is, that is, a neglect to praise and worship God, how much more deeply engulfed is man today in his presumptuous self-sufficiency and unbelief? Matthew 24, 12 tells us, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Today, Millions of people prefer to use Thanksgiving as a day of gluttony, revelry, sporting events, and parades rather than as a time for fasting, praying, and humbling themselves before the Almighty God and thanking Him for the many material and spiritual blessings that they know and enjoy. 
However, the very first annual Thanksgiving Day recorded and celebrated by any nation was the one instituted by God through Moses for the children of Israel. About the year 1491 BC and observed by them 40 years later, Israel's national Thanksgiving Day was like ours in that it was celebrated at the close of the harvest. Its objective was to thank God for its successful harvest. It was not only a time of feasting, but a time for offering gifts to God, an occasion to give alms to the poor and needy. It was called the Day of Pentecost because it came just 50 days after the beginning of the harvest. And the word Pentecost means 50th. According to the Bible, Thanksgiving signifies both the expression of gratitude by acknowledging and confessing with gladness and praising the Lord for the benefits received. And we do have much to praise and thank Him for. In Christ, we find the answer to man's pressing need, salvation. Real holiness is found by rightly dividing the Word of God. The Word will reflect that God is not out of touch with the present, but rather is omnipresent and omnipotent. God is operating with undiminished power today. Therefore, we must regard His Word as the cornerstone of our faith, where we will find such answers to such questions as, why must I be born again? And how can I be born again? Our birthright is to be the children of God. We accomplish it by being born of water and of the Spirit as described in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in verse 7 it reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Today, many are haughty and full of pride and will not come down from the tree of the world to accept Jesus. Neither will they scrutinize their present form of worship to ensure it coincides fully with the spirit and intent of the scriptures. One must become aware too of the fact that keeping the law, attending church, being religious, and following a religious creed to the very letter will not save anyone. And this is true for you as well. Your wife, your minister, and your church cannot save you. Salvation is only found in the name of Jesus, which subsequently removes your sins. Unlike the Constitution and its amendments of changes, the Word of God remains as irrevocable and omnipotent today as it was the first day it was written. Yes, it remains unchanged. In spite of what men may derive in the light of their own knowledge, Paul writes, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us read Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You may ask, why must I be born again? It's simple. The Lord Jesus Christ said so, and that ought to settle it. There should be no reason for argument when he who is the Almighty God says, you must be born again. The reason for the new birth is because of the inbred sinful nature of every man. This nature which we all receive from our first father, Adam, is fallen, corrupt, and sinful. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans writes, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The new birth consists of faith and demonstrating that faith by being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion in water. In spite of all the misconceptions of the Word of God, baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse, not sprinkle or pour. Neither can it be taken by faith only. Baptism is very essential to salvation. I make that statement without reservation. 
Let us turn to the scriptures and read in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. In these last days, it is unfortunate that men reject the truth. Thus, they will reap an unexpected just reward of destruction. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, 14 to 16, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that he may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the given the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which that they are unlearned and un unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. As stated, the word proves itself. Signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost follow the true church. Your next question, which is causing unrest in your soul, probably goes like this. Is there a difference? And if there is, what is that unique difference between the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, as it is said in Acts 38, and the baptism, as it is said in Matthew 28, 19, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? The answer is this question. One must know who the Godhead is. And secondly, he must realize two methods of baptism cannot exist within the realm of Christ. The scriptures complement each other. They also cause one to know the name of God. In other words, Matthew 28, 19 confirms Acts 2, 38. We read Colossians 2, 9, which states plainly, In him, that is Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It may come as a shock to you that there is only one person in heaven. And his name is Jesus. When Philip asked Jesus to show him the Father, he replied, If you see me, you see the Father. God the Father is a spirit, and no man can see him. However, that spirit was made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And who is that Holy Spirit? It is Jesus. All scripture points to the fact that there is but one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Water baptism does not remove sin, but it is an act of obedience performed out of a good conscience toward God. It is a name which must be called upon, and in calling upon his name, one recognizes the deity of Jesus Christ and finds true holiness. This is the true God and eternal life. Acts 4.12 provides additional strength to conform and answer your question or doubt. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The choice is yours. To be born of the Spirit is to be filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue, as listed in Acts 2, 1 through 4. This is our birthright, and when we forsake this birthright, in essence, we are denying His name, Jesus, and thus forsaking God. As you can see, there is much to be thankful for. God gave us a gift, a blessing beyond measure. In our behalf, He offered His Son, Christ Jesus, who paid for our sins. Read John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. On this Thanksgiving day, let us hope and pray that as a nation, America will remember what King Solomon said in Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. In the midst of all their problems or joys, people should pause to give thanks first for the material blessings that are theirs. We read in Deuteronomy, 8, 11 through 14, 17 through 18 verses. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commands and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built godly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds 
and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand had gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. Yes, the economic and material prosperity we are enjoying today is a gift of God's hand. The word of God tells us that the very goodness of God should lead us to repentance. We should fall upon our knees and call upon his name. Reading Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Compared with the worst of the world, we are the richest nation history has ever known. We should thank the Lord too for the spiritual blessings he has bestowed upon us. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Thanksgiving Day is symbolic of man's spiritual attitude towards life, and his gratitude should not depend upon where he lives or how much material things he has, but rather upon what he is. Read in Psalms 100, 1 to 3, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord breathed upon the 120 in the upper room. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost according to Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thus, we see how important the day of Pentecost, Israel's national thanksgiving day in the time of Christ and in Jerusalem was celebrated. The feast came 50 days after the ingathering of the first fruits, the first sheaf of the resurrection harvest, Christ being that first sheaf. We read in 1 Corinthians 15, 23, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Therefore, 50 days after the death and resurrection of Christ, the first sheaf we have the day of Pentecost. We read in Acts 2, 1 to 3, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. This confirms what Jesus said, In my name shall they speak with new tongues. Hence we see that the gift of the Holy Ghost was given on Thanksgiving Day. On the day of Pentecost and on the first day of the week, the outpouring of his Holy Spirit formed the first church, the body of Christ, of which he was and still is the head. Therefore, God is calling a people out of a people to form his one true church. Surely, a thankful heart can be found in each of those who possess little as well as in those who have much. However, the child of God should be heralding, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. 
Yes, God is calling upon His people to have a time of thanksgiving for every occasion. When King Solomon dedicated the temple in Jerusalem, he made sure that they gave thanks. In the days of revival under King Hezekiah, an official day of thanksgiving was proclaimed. On that occasion, the people brought their sacrifices and offerings of thanks into the house of the Lord. The psalmist tells us a number of times, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. With only a minute portion of bread and fish, our Lord Jesus, upon feeding the multitudes, took the loaves of bread and fish and gave thanks. The crowds were filled and the remaining portions gathered thereafter. Has he not done the same in our lives? That is, he receives, blesses, and multiplies. The Apostle Paul emphasized the importance of giving thanks when he wrote in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Today, many born-again Christians bow their heads in public places, and give thanks for the food that has been placed before them. As Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4, 4 to 5, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if you be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. However, many never pause to utter a word of thanks to God for the food provided. On Thanksgiving Day, only a minority will pause and offer thanks to God. Others go on living from day to day, eating and drinking and making merit. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, immortality, corruption are still the rule of the day for most people. We read in 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. We all believe in God, but most of us are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. How can we understand and fully appreciate the abundance that we enjoy? The initial things that come to mind are usually those that we can see, taste, and touch. That is the material things. These are easy to measure because we can assign a dollar value to each of them. But if our thanks stopped there, how shallow they'd be. For what value would material blessings be without the love of family and friends or without the freedom to enjoy them? Such endowments and benefits are difficult to measure because they are not tangible. Therefore, we must appreciate the real values of the things received from God, which are freely given. Let us read in Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Yes, it was through that one perfect sacrifice on Calvary that made it possible for man to find love, joy, happiness, and peace through the Holy Ghost. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, Thanks be, un be unto God for His unspeakable gifts. On the day of Thanksgiving, many of us will be having fellowship with friends and loved ones. Most likely, we will be gathered around a table filled with a decor of various culinary masterpieces. With such an abundance of food, everyone will end up much more stuffed than the turkey ever was and vowing never to eat again. On this Thanksgiving day, be sure to count your blessings. Make them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We conclude our telecast with a number played by the church band entitled, Feasting with My Lord. <laughs>
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.